everybody, it's Star Wars House of L, episode 85 for the Smallville episode of Apocalypse. I'm Derek. I'm Steve. How's it going, Steve? It's going good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. We have a packed show today. We need to jump right into it. There's so much stuff going on in the Smallville and Superman universe. A lot of stuff going on with us here, too. First bit of shoe news right now is we are fastly approaching Comic-Con. And if you've not already gotten your tickets for that, you need to do so. Because I can guarantee you, as it has in previous years, it will sell out very soon. Uh, we're... What, two months away? Yeah, not far at all. It's like, yeah, two months. July 23rd through like the 27th is when that is going down in San Diego. And Steve and I will be in attendance. We've got a San Diego. San Diego. Breathe it in. I believe stands for a whale. Anyway, we're going to be there. uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be there. And hopefully on Saturday or Sunday we are going to have, not hopefully we are, we just don't know what day yet, we're going to be having a panel for all our shows, Skynex, The Tenth Wonder, and especially The House of L, which will be celebrating its two-year anniversary next week, around the 18th of May. Can you well, believe happy that? anniversary, Derek. Happy anniversary, Steve. Well, I mean, it's not really not my anniversary. This, you, but you know, next week will be your 30th episode. My, really? 20th. I can't do math. 20th episode. Has it really been 20 episodes? It has for you, sir. That's crazy. Yeah. It, well, I mean, you've missed a couple, but like, it, like you started on like the 66th. Right, so. and I did a couple by myself, so. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Now, you know, if if math was done correctly and we had not taken so many weeks off in the past year, next week, uh, yeah, Arctic would be our 100th episode. Hmm. But, uh. Incredible. It's not actually this week because we're, we're Apocalypse is getting out late. We'll talk about that in a minute. But actually, Quest will be our 86th episode, so that's this weekend. So uh, yeah, Arctic will be our 87th. And had we not skipped so many weeks, it would have we would have had another hundredth episode for Arctic. I kind of you know thinking back and not doing episodes, I, I was like, yeah, we need to take this week off. We need the time. But now I'm like, man, it would have been cool to do a hundred at Arctic. Yeah, it would have been cool. Been but you know, years. hey. Hey, we need that break. We'd have been bitter at 100 for Arctic. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we would have, you sons of guns. Okay, here's episode 100. Yeah, take it in stride. We're going to sleep it off now. (laughs) Well, the reason this one's coming up late is actually something really cool, something that fell in place uh, really quickly. I got a call from John uh, Yelberton, who owns uh, Yelberton Comics here in Startville, and they were going to be doing a big promotion for Free Comic Book Day this past weekend. And, and Steve's already wrecked me over the coals for not knowing too much about Free Comic Book Day. And I guess I have heard of it. And as, I mean, I've been in and out of comic stores twice a week since I was a kid. I just, I never really uh, took part in the festivities, I guess. I'll tell you where I wanted to be. In Sydney, at a comic book store, Richard Donner was there. No. Yes, that's where I would have wanted wow. to be, sir. That's awesome. But anyway, we had Free Comic Book Day. Uh, everybody did all over the world. But uh, here in Startville, Alan Richson, who played Aquaman in 504 Aqua and 611 Justice, was here in town. And the guy called and he was like, you know, you know, Smallville, you know these people, you've, you've met you know, the cast and the crew. He's like, can you take them around you know, for the weekend? I think I'm the only person in the world who can t- say they took Aquaman to see Iron Man. I just don't want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk? You like Iron Man. I know. I'm just jealous. Uh, well, you should have come. I told you to come, and you didn't come. So that'd be your fault. You're not going to talk about it at all. It insists upon itself. It, it's <laughs> that is my response I've to that. never seen The Godfather. It insists upon <laughs> itself. Uh, no, we had a great time. He got it. I picked him up at the airport Friday. He stayed until uh, last night. 
just uh, really epic. He's an awesome guy. He, uh, he he he's kind of an entrepreneur. He has his hands and everything, and he did a really cool thirty minutes. I guess we talked yesterday, and the video's up right now, or the audio if you'd rather listen to it and not look at me. He's fun to look at from what the ladies say. I, I, if you can like cover up the left hand of the screen, dude. Paula Abdul was all about him back in the day. That's like four or five years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I was glad Graham was able to incorporate the footage from him on uh, American Idol, and then we talked about his Orbit Gum commercial. Uh, he was Graham. Able to... Graham is an outstanding producer. He does a good job. He does. So I think that I think that when you and I get our own radio show, we need to bring him in as our producer. Okay, we'll look into that. But um, so we just had an awesome time. Uh, we were supposed. Steve and I were going to record Friday afternoon because I thought I was picking up Alan on Saturday, and I got the call Friday afternoon as Steve and I were just about to record, and uh, and it was like, yeah, you're supposed to be picking up at the airport now. So I had to rush to go get him airports like 45 minutes away from here. But anyway, all that's in the past. Now we're doing the show today. What? I, let me tell you what I love is that Derek wore a Superman shirt to pick up. Let's not discuss. <laughs> For a moment, Derek was that guy. I was that guy. I was, you know, Graham and I have gotten this office for the podcast, and we were moving in a lot of stuff. We were we're putting up chairs, putting up tables and stuff all over the place. And so Derek wore a Superman shirt so so he'd feel stronger. Yeah, I had, like, you know, my ripped (laughs) jeans and my Superman T-shirt because we had been working all day. Plus, I had been running all that morning, so I was not the epitome of cleanliness, uh, and immediately... Now, by running, you mean literally running. You ran four miles that morning. I, I'm, I'm doing good, sir. How are those gonna, legs working out I'm for gonna, you right I'm now? I'm like noodles, I'll tell you that much, because I ran two this morning. You need so, to get you one of those little runabouts for after you run. You're the one telling me that the only reason to run is unless something's chasing you. That's I, I believe that with all my heart. So, uh, But no, I'm, I'm going to win this bet wholeheartedly i've got a bet going with a buddy that that i can lose more weight by the end of may so yeah i was not all there when i picked up alan at the airport and i i was wearing a superman t-shirt so yeah i was that guy for <laughs> which that wasn't the problem the problem was when Derek felt like he had to talk to him like this hey Alan, how are you doing buddy <laughs> i haven't it i really like you to talk with me on the show <laughs> The other bit of shoe news we have is, it was actually part of this, um, the guys from Memphis that we, we, we've discussed them on the show here before, but Willie, Ben, Justin, they do the Geekland podcast, the Entertainment Overdrive podcast. They came down for co- Free Comic Book Day, met Alan, and we actually did an episode of the Entertainment Overdrive podcast, and I, they asked me to um, guest on that one, so I, I did that. I think it's up now, episode 9, um, so check that out if you want to, but that, they're cool guys, and it was fun to hang out with them for a little while. And not to just have to talk to Steve all day. So it was fun to meet mm, new people. Ouch. Well, you sure did talk enough about me on the podcast with them. I miss you when you're not around. See? See? I do. It, it's, it's the honest truth. Startwell's House of L t-shirts. I am Thank you for moving on. Working. <laughs> it's got awkward quick. I am working on a t-shirt design as we speak. have not finalized one yet because I do want them to be a little bit different than the ones we did last year. Um... And I, I, you know, if you've got an idea, if you've got some kind of logo, if you've got something you think would look really good on a Housefell T-shirt, something simple, um, I, I, I do want it to be our normal logo, the shield and the iPod. But if you've got something you really think should be seen, send that in uh, mail at housefellpodcast dot com. Three uh, words: three geek word. out online. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like the Ghostbuster symbol with the line through the House Bell shirt and Geek Out Online written on the. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I hate do you. That. No, you won't. You, you won't. Uh, email that in and put as your subject line T-shirt design, and we'll kind of take a look and see what's the best. If, if uh, you've, you've got something better than what I'm working with, we we may go with your design. You never know. Uh, of course, I'll let you know. We won't just show and you'll win a million dollars. And courtesy of Steve Glosson at geekoutonline.com. So actually, you won't win a million dollars at all. <laughs> the only one we said you were going to be giving it away that you debunked. That. <laughs> I hope to really do have those done soon. We're kind of taking informal pre-orders. If you head over to our forums, forums.housevillepodcast.com, there's a thread under the. How is it worded? What's the? It's Shoe- under the Shuligan. It's Shuligan. It Shuligan Shuniverse. Shuligan Shuniverse thread. Which is all things fan-related on the House of L. Which, let's not talk too much about the forums. Why? Well, because there are a lot of people who don't go to the forums, and, and they, they don't like our inside stuff. Uh, well, I'm not talking too much about it. I'm just saying, if you kind of want to give us an idea, head on over there, and you can let us know, um, you know, or you can PM me, and kind of let me know what your uh, size is, and what you're thinking about, if, how many you want, all like that. I'm just getting an idea of how many I need to order because I got screwed over real bad last time on the ones I bought. Like uh, I, I ate it pretty hard. I think I lost about three hundred dollars on that. Mm. So we won't be doing that again. I'll guarantee you that much. I didn't. Uh, so you still have shirts left over from last no, time? No, no. Some people just took them. Yeah. Will. Yeah, will. Gosh, will. <laughs> So, that's it for all our shoe news. Let's get in. We've got so much Smallville and Superman stuff to talk about before we talk about Apocalypse. The biggest thing going on right now, and it's just been one bad news item after another these past few weeks. And, and you know, it's it comes a time when an actor's career, when they've been doing something for so long, they realize that they, they want to pursue other things. And it's it's come that time for Michael Rosenbaum. He will be departing as Lex Luthor in episode 720 of Arctic will be the last betrayal we see of him and uh it is depressing let me tell you i i'm i'm saddened by it um but i'm kind of interested to see what the future holds you know uh, a smallville without lex luther is going to be an interesting thing to behold next season when uh when eight starts up this fall um of course i i think lex is uh just as much as part of the show as clark is so it's very, uh, it's going to have to be handled delicately with seeing him go. But we wish him all the best. Uh, we we do have, he's, he sent out a letter to all the fans, and if you haven't got a chance to, to read it, I, I'd, I'd like to read it right now. He said, Dear Smallville fans, it's been seven wonderful years. Your support is what made Smallville so successful, and I appreciate, I appreciate you all more than you know. That being said, it's time for me to start the next chapter of my life and career. I hope that I gave you some enjoyment over the years and that you found my portrayal of Lex Luthor to be satisfying. I am truly grateful as Smallville fans are the best fans out there, and I sincerely hope that you will continue to follow my career through my hair growth period and beyond. I'm very excited about what the future holds, but certainly Smallville will always be a part of me. I will definitely miss the greatest crew in the Are you crying? Maybe. I will definitely miss the greatest crew in the world and the wonderful cast that has been like a family to me. So Thank you, Alan Miles, for creating the show. Thank you, writers, producers, directors, and editors. Thanks, Tolan Robbins, Nabola, for being there from the pilot. Thank you, Peter Rolf, for employing me for the past few years. <laughs> Lisa Lewis, I miss you already. John Glover, thank you for being helping me feel more comfortable around touching other actors while acting. Bizarre, but helpful. And mostly, I want to thank Greg Beeman for directing the O'Sherry video by Steve Perry back in the 80s. 
Thanks, crew. Thanks, fans. And thanks, Smallville. I love you all. Michael Rosenbaum. That's That was tough to read just then. I'll tell you that much. And then Steve crying in the background did not help me. So, uh... It's... Oh, Sherry. Oh, love. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's, it's rough because we don't know what could happen without Lex. No, it's it, it's like they're it's like a leg of the show has been cut off. Yeah. And I don't I don't think it's going to hurt it. It's just got to find another something else to brace on. And um, and that's I don't you know, I I make no bones, I mean, I've made no bones with you about the fact I'm worried now about how good the show can be. There are some things that in my in my mind that if they could pull off it'd be great. I think but, a lot of people are concerned because of what everybody thought about uh, you know they didn't really think in the beginning first of all they didn't know it was going to go eight years uh right. they didn't know so many different things were going to happen that you know arcs and storylines they created in the beginning have changed stuff hasn't been able to be done you know they've introduced new characters that they never thought possible that dc has let them do and it's it's just a winding road that you just have to hang on to so in the beginning they never knew they would be doing an ending without Lex Luthor, and now they've had to revamp for this. And I, and I even, you know, watching season one, I would never think they would there would be a final episode without Michael Rosenbaum's amazing portrayal of this character uh, on the show. So you know, now to sit back and look and think, okay, week after next, week after this, no more Lex. Yeah, yeah. The finals. The I mean, Lex goes out in a good way. Let, let's not. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, he doesn't go out like a punk. Or anything like that. His final shot, his final moments on Smallville are epic. But it's... There's not going to be much left to be said. You know, it, it, it's very... I mean, it it, it, it puts an end to it. It, it definitely... Uh, I think it's a real odyssey to all he's done these past seven years. A real odyssey? Yeah. To all he's done? Yeah. Is that the right word? It's a journey. Okay. Is that okay? I guess. I don't understand what you were trying to say. I don't mind telling you. It's been this huge journey. Oh, okay, yes. And it's come to this, and and the final moments, it's just, it pays him respect. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Well, you know, he and and Rosenbaum has said, and and so just so we can smatter everyone's uh, illusions, Rosenbaum has said out of his own mouth that, the producers think that he may come back and do two or three more. He said, no way, because to do that, I'd have no hair for three months. So, But you never um, know what will change. You never know, yeah. I mean, I mean I, let's, I let's be honest. At some point, you will probably see Michael Rosenbaum at well, least the, one more time. <laughs> well, there are two things. I'm getting broken you know, up just talking about it. I understand. Well, there are two things that <laughs> that are that are potentially. Number one, he's gone. Uh, you know, Alan Miles said they left, and it was for to try to help the show financially so they'd still have money to work with. Right. You know, well, now that salary for Rosenbaum's gone, we should have just a special effects, you know, slug Marvel. next season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and then they should save a little bit back and say, "We got some money for you, buddy. Shave yeah. the head." Come on back. Well, Todd, got a little friend named George here that says you'll shave your head. Your friend George Washington and George <laughs> Washington. Uh, Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer, Kelly Sanders, Brian Peterson released a statement along with Warner Brothers. 
It's, 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 it's been an honor and a pleasure to work with Michael for the past six seasons. He is one of the best actors on television, has never failed to bring a new layer to the character of Lex Luthor in every episode. While Michael won't be a series regular and we won't have the pleasure of working with him on a weekly basis this fall, we like to think that we haven't seen the past. Yeah, we like to think we haven't seen the last of Lex Luthor. Stay tuned. You know, the only thing that really just epically sucks about this is three weeks ago we got the Lex Luthor we've been waiting for. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the, that's the shot in the foot. That's the that's the part that hurts the most is because that comic book character that we've just been dying for and we've seen on this this you know this drive to to the the part in the term dark side. You know he's he's been going that direction for so long now, and then we finally see it, and and now it's it's come and you know it culminates into this epic conclusion. And what it is is, I mean, and it's really something that even Lex said in one of the early seasons. It's you know you know curiosity becomes obsession, and yeah. when you when you see over the you know you've seen it from. Descent, and then you saw a little hint of it in Apocalypse last Thursday night, and then definitely in Quest and Arctic, you're going to see this obsession take him over. Well, you know, the flip side of that is that we finally get to see this Lex from the comics, and so it's fitting that he moves on, you know, to prepare himself in Metropolis for the day that Superman actually does show up. Not that he's preparing himself for that, but, you know, that he kind of gets... Because the the only thing now for Lex is to become more and more established as you know the the businessman slash you know apparent th- philanthropist that people think he is, and uh, all the while being that evil genius behind the scenes. And so it is kind of fitting that he wouldn't be back. I just because he has been such a key component of Smallville for these seven years, it's just going. I'm just so you know just a little trepidatious about next season. Well, no, I can understand that completely. And let's do say that, I mean, when Arctic rolls around, a confrontation that people have been wanting between Superman and Lex Luthor, between Clark Kent and Lex Luthor, comes to head. I mean, they definitely get that conversation that people have wanted to see. So you are, it does very much pay him great respect. Uh, by the time the 20th episode rolls around at the end of the season. But a lot of this leaves open what is the casting for Season 8 going to be like. And we've already heard Christian Crock's announcement about her being in limited episodes for Season 8. So what does that mean for everybody else in the show? And one person that's still up in the air that people constantly email in and ask about, people are confused about, people are quite concerned about, is Allison Mack's role in the 8th season of Smallville and whether or not Chloe will be a regular cast member, or even be seen at all. Uh, Chloe is kind of left in in limbo at the end of this season, and people definitely want to know if we're going to see her when the show picks back up. Um, I don't know what to say about it. Steve? I don't know what to say about it either, Derek. Really? I mean, I I think that, uh, you know, we've not heard, we still have yet to hear anything definitely from Allison Mack as to her intentions of being back or not. Right. Um, It's still up in the air. Negotiations are open, but nothing has been definitely And, I mean, there's really nothing even we could speculate to that. And, you know, I mean, we don't even have the information in front of us to be able to say, well, she's probably coming back or she may not be. You know, and so we'll just let you know as we know, I I think is all the only stance we can take on that. Yeah. I mean, nothing nothing has been decided. As I said, negotiations have been open for her, but that's that's it. And uh, hopefully... Very soon, something will be made. I, I, but I'm a little scared that we're, <laughs> people are dropping from season eight like 
you know, like flies all of a sudden. Right. And it just worries me. You know, we lose Alan Miles, and then Kristen says she's not going to be in many, and then, you know, Michael is now departed, so... Well, you just you hate you hate the idea that that season eight could potentially not be the best season, you know, and that and that the show ends on on not the high note that we would all hope it would end on because this season has been phenomenal. Oh yes, you know, yes. season seven has been phenomenal, and and I think that pre writer strike, everyone was kind of going in through the with the mindset that this is it, and uh, and so you know, with CW ordering some more episodes for next season. You know, I think it. I think that came as a shock to some people, um, and and then with the writer strike in and them going ahead and ordering the more episodes for this season, and you know, it's just there. There's just a lot that that I and I understand after having been on a television show. Not that I've ever been on a television show for seven years, but I can understand where they're coming from. You know, it's time to move on and it's time to do some different things. You know, you just you just hate it for. You hate it for the cast. The, you know, now Tom is going to be the only cast member that's been there the whole time. If, you if, the if, dad should Allison Mack leave? Weren't you the dad and Nate is enough? No, oh, no. Okay. I got I got beat out by that by Dick Van Patten. Okay. Um, but, you know, Tom, If should Allison Mack leave, Tom will be the only cast member that's been there the whole time. You know, yeah, and, and I mean, it's nothing to be too concerned about. Aaron Ashmore's still around. We've still got Laura Vandervoort. Erica, of course, it's going to be a very... Tom and Erica heavy season as Tom journeys more, or as Clark journeys more to Superman, Lois journeys more to the Lois we know from the comics, and the whole show moves towards the Superman story. So, I mean, there's nothing to be concerned about. It just kind of sucks that when you get, when you turn on your television set every, of course now it was Tuesday and then Wednesday, and every Thursday night, you know, when when you turn on your TV sets and you're used to seeing these people, and you're used to these characters they've created, and, and you don't want to lose uh, something that's been so epic the past seven years. It just kind of sucks. Now these people are going to be gone, but they're moving on to bigger and better things, and 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 they're not gone from the limelight at all. We'll definitely be following their careers. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum's actually got like four projects in the pipeline. He's he's sold a script to Fox. Uh, he's actually doing some stuff with Beeman, who's now on Heroes. I'd love to see Rosenbaum guest star on Heroes. Cool. Yeah. That'd be quite so, cool. There's there's so much stuff going on and Smallville is winding down to an end with no more than, you know, twenty five episodes left. There there's probably not more than twenty five episodes left of Smallville. And as weird as that is to say, you know, it all these people are gonna have a place in history as of what they've done. So uh more news on that as becomes available, who the final cast listing for season eight will be. They have announced that they will be casting two characters to be series regulars in season eight. We'll kind of touch on what these two new characters are and what they will bring to Smallville. They're they're kind of I don't know, what do you think, Steve? Should we talk about it now? Or is it something that is spoilery? It's a little spoilery, I think. Um I will say that one of the characters, well, both characters really kind of are iffy still to me. They're going to have to prove themselves. But I will say this, that when I was worried about bringing Supergirl in, I was worried about bringing Lois in, and they've really, you know, the the writers and creators of the show time and time again proved themselves that, hey, we can do this and do this well. So, you know. Uh, yeah, let's definitely talk about the spoilers then and what it'll hold. I think some people are confused about these characters, about the announcement Warner Brothers and the CW made. And we'll try to shed some light into what Steve and I think is uh, the future. Into what Steve and I think the future will hold for the show. 
so or you know not don't go by what we say by any stretch of the no no this is it'll be speculation even though it's in the spoiler section well the next big thing is, yeah spoiler and speculation the next big thing is the wb returns sort of now if you have been watching smallville long, all along you know that it came from the flagship station the wb which was a warner brothers television channel which merged with upn to come to cw at the end of season five of smallville and the WB is now going to be an online site, the WB.com, which will host all of your favorite TV shows to watch for free. Uh, for all your favorite Warner Brothers TV shows, that is. Warner Brothers, uh, Friends, uh, Smallville, hopefully. I, I've heard that at least the first five seasons of Smallville will be available online for you to watch anytime you like. Um, all, but DC and iTunes have reached an agreement in the past few weeks. And if, you, if you're a follower of iTunes, you will notice that films like Batman Begins, uh, Superman Doomsday, and The New Frontier have all been available on iTunes' website. So that might mean that for Season 8, we will get to see Smallville on iTunes. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's hopefully. definitely not been said yet. I'm speculating, given the agreement that has been reached with Warner Brothers DC and iTunes, uh, Apple, that is. Uh, so, But I'm keeping my fingers crossed, because I'd love to see Smallville on iTunes. But... Uh, if nothing else, you will be able to watch them online at the WB.com. I'm sure they will have ads in them, just like if you were to watch Heroes on NBC or Lost on ABC.com. They will have little 10-second ads at like the 10- or 15-minute mark for all the episodes. But that's better than nothing. Well, let, let me ask you this. Just I mean, and this is, a little, this is along the lines of WB. Do you think that WB has gone and done this because Warner Brothers is like, wow, this this merger was not the best idea in the world, or or I mean, do you think there's anything scandalous behind the scenes over this, or do you think it's just the opportunity to get their stuff out there more? No, I th- I think it's just become a good opportunity, and and they definitely have recognized that other sites have been doing this. They're definitely behind. Uh, now now in saying that, if you go to the CW's website, you can watch every show the CW has full episodes except Smallville. You can go watch Gossip Girl, you can watch Supernatural full season, full length episodes, but Smallville is not available. So I think they're trying to expand their universe a little bit more, bring in some stuff. I'm sure you, by the end of the year, you'll probably start seeing Hanna-Barbera cartoons on the WB.com. Uh, so all kinds of stuff, it just opens up a whole other realm, is what I think. Yeah, that's good, and it's good to see that logo back again. I always felt like um, WB was so much was such a sleeker network than... Uh, UPN was. UPN always tried to appeal, I think, to an audience that uh, that was a little more, less, I don't know, you know, more teeny bopper than even WB did. Even though WB had its teeny bopper shows, a lot of times its teeny bopper shows, you know, well, Dawson's Creek, they just was a little more, I guess, serious drama to it, maybe, or something more compelling about the WB shows than UPN shows. Yeah, I was big on UPN. I think the one thing UPN had going for it was Veronica Mars, and I never even saw maybe one or two episodes of it. Well, and then upon the merger, it seemed like the the network became more UPN-ish than WB-ish. Right. Very that much makes so. Sense. Uh, I give you Gossip Girl, you know, as an example. <laughs> you gave us Gossip Girl? Are you the people we need to write to? to- no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, this is, that's, that's my Exhibit A, Your Honor. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris Henning actually wrote in and asked to us about any news of iTunes getting Smallville soon. I hope that kind of answers your email there, Chris. Uh, we really don't know. It's been said in the past, no, it will not be happening. No, it will not be happening. No, it will not be happening. So definitely now we are getting to see at least 
an inkling of what could happen over the next few months. Hopefully, by the end of June, the WB.com will be up in full... Uh, do you think that has anything to do with the Superman litigation, though? Not really. No, I don't. Do you? I, I mean, I could see where they'd be kind of hesitant to put some of those episodes out online for that reason. Yeah. I mean, not that they get any revenue from them necessarily, but other than the advertising and stuff, but I could see where they might be hesitant to move forward with that character having been tied up in court litigations for so long. Right. And now with some of the answers being there... Um, you know, starting to kind of release that a little bit more and more. Right. Well, I think you're going to see a change in some things with Superman as this court battle, you know, takes place and more things happen. I, but I don't think that this is something that's being affected by it. I just think this is something that, with all things DC, things are starting to change, and now you've seen, pop, you know, all these things are starting to pop up on iTunes and everything. Hello? Yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah? You okay? I, yeah, you just kind of stopped in the middle of that sentence. I did? I yeah, got like, like high inflection and, and then stopped? You did, yeah. <laughs> you really did. Steve, how are you? <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Okay. All right, I see how it goes. How are you? So, Kevin J. Anderson is working on his second Superman novel. I'm very excited about this. Loved Last Days on Krypton. Yeah, Last Days of Krypton. If you have not seen this, please go pick it up. Uh, it is an epic novel of... Yeah, I need to grab that. You novel. do, uh, you know, before Superman. I mean, it's in the early days of Kal El, as he's a baby. It explores just everything: Jor El, Zor El, Zod, uh, Lara, uh, even the Martian Manhunter. Just really cool stuff in this book that you need to check out. But now Kevin J. Anderson is working on his second novel to be entitled First Encounter. It takes place during the 1950s, I believe, and it will hmm. be about Superman and Batman's first meeting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, th- and it's set in the 50s? I believe so, yes. Hmm. I think this is going to be a truly epic novel. Cannot wait to see what happens with it. Hopefully... Well, Kevin J. Anderson is a is a great writer. He, he did a lot of Star Wars stuff. Did, yeah, a lot of a Star lot of Wars Star Wars stuff. EU novels, and so... Yes, very much familiar so. Familiar with his works. Um, and we haven't said much about it on the show, because they've not been showing them in Smallville like they did the Justice and Doom. If anybody is a Sprint customer, and you have been watching... Uh, Kara, the the Chronicles of Krypton. Uh, email us in, let us know what's going on. All those should be available after art online after Arctic airs. They've been doing those exclusive for Sprint customers. Uh, so hopefully after May fifteenth, everything will be online, so everybody else can catch up with the four chapters of that story and kind of what happened on. Uh, I think it's like Kara's last day on Krypton. Actually, I, I think the way they're doing it, and I may be wrong, but from what I heard, it's like Kara in Smallville thinking back to the last day of, of Krypton, and we kind of saw a little bit of that in episode uh, 607, Laura, you know, the beginning on Krypton, the first time we've really seen Krypton on Smallville, other than episode 319, Memoria, uh, and then we definitely got a whole lot cooler look at Krypton this past week on the show. Indeed. Uh, what do you? Th- yeah, we won't talk about that yet. I, we won't I, get there I, yet. What do you? I just want to talk about it. What did you think? Couple, couple more points. Couple more points. So if you if you have uh, seen Care of the Chronicles of Krypton, that is a lot. Does Care of the Chronicles of Krypton? Try it. Kara, the Chronicles of Krypton. Don't, don't say it. You know, weird. Say it. Sorry. You're like a child. 
Yeah, so <laughs> check it out and email us in if you are a Sprint customer. Let us know what's been going on So because that's something we will definitely be reviewing the week after Arctic airs, I assume, if all four of them have been made available. And saying that Arctic, on May 15th, there are two more episodes left for Season 7. Episode 19, Quest, which airs this Thursday on The CW. And then Episode 20, 7th season finale, uh, is entitled Arctic, and it airs on May 15th. And it is going to be a big ending for the show. Michael Rosenbaum's last episode, as we said, some things are going to change in Smallville, and it's going to become very different. And we're anxious to see what happens. And no, this is not episode 19, The Quest for Peace, as many people have emailed in and, and asked about. Uh, oh, come on, I thought you'd laugh at that at least. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just I was wondering how that would work. After seeing what could happen were he not born, Clark goes to dismantle all the nuclear bombs left in Smallville. Lex's young nephew, Lenny, shows up. <laughs> John Cryer needs to make an appearance now in Smallville. Now, that would be awesome. John Cryer needs to make an appearance in Smallville. That's all I'm saying. I think that would be epic. That would be hilarious. Would, That'd be great. It, though? Yes. Well, Steve, you are not a Trekkie in any sense of the term. Mm, no. No, in fact, I give Trekkies a hard time. Yeah, you do, I think, a good bit. So, it is hard to tell you that Robert Picardo, who played the Doctor on Star Trek Voyager, will be appearing in this Thursday night's episode. Actually, it's not that hard at all, because of all the Star Trek things, I really enjoyed Voyager. It's the Gilligan's Island of Star Trek. Uh, well, <laughs> I've never thought of it like that, but... Um, it just it just always seemed a little more the stakes all were, were always higher you know because they were trapped in that one end of the galaxy and had to get back and so I always enjoyed I do really enjoy Star Trek Voyager I'll catch it when it's on Spike and that kind of thing so well, Robert Ricardo will be playing the last member state of Veritas the nature of your medical emergency yeah Robert Ricardo will be playing the last member of Veritas that apparently did not die at the hands of Lionel Luther and everybody kind of thinks is dead so is he um, that guy. Yeah. Hmm. Do you not know that? E.T.? E.T.? Yeah, he's E.T. He is not how I expected E.T. to look, by the way. Well, it's kind of hard to picture Jane Seymour and Robert Picardo together. Indeed. Kind of hard. What's really cool about Quest, though, and I think it's going to be done kind of in an artsy way, uh, Ken Biller is going to be directing this episode. I'm a big fan of Ken Biller. Uh, he used to be an executive producer on the show in seasons two and three. I don't. I can't remember if he was in one or not. He left... Uh, Covenant was his last episode that he produced, but he wrote Talisman, which uh, John Schneider directed, which is one of my favorite episodes of the series. But what's really cool is he also wrote and produced for Star Trek Voyager. Enter Robert Picardo. And worlds collide. Yes. yes. All really cool. Now, now there is a there has been a uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. On Smallville, when there is a guest star that's, you know, from something else where they're more familiar from, to have little nods here and there thrown in to their previous works. For example, you know, of course, with Schneider, there was the good old boys and Nicodemus. Um, when uh, when Tom Wolpeck came on, they, you know, they had the charge. I'm not, re- I'm not sure what stuff. you're referring to. When, uh, when, when Carrie Fisher was on... It was very subtle, and you had to be a Star Wars nerd to get it, or a Lucasfilm nerd, 
Uh, the, but the the document was one one three eight. The project was one one three eight, and that is a Star Wars throwback. Well, there's another one with her, isn't it? Didn't she? Wouldn't Pauline Khan get the job during the Star Wars of of the eighties? Oh, like seventies? You mean the the nuclear? Yeah, didn't they thing? say the yeah. Star Wars? I don't remember. I think that. they do. I think they do. Okay. All right. I'll have to go back and watch that. I have to watch Thirst again though to do that. Good luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you think there'll be some reference to? You know, I don't know. There, there might be. I don't think that that is as. <laughs> Here's where a bunch of Trekkies just jump me. I don't think that's as epic as Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia or Tom Wopat as Luke Duke. Can I call you on something real sure. quick? You've been using the word epic a lot lately. I'm sorry. I mean, has that been on your word of the day toilet paper or something? No, I just will never say it again. Uh, no, I mean, it's no, okay. no, no, no. Now, now I'm self conscious. Um, <laughs> Start saying zucchini. Or I something. have officially ruined the rest of this episode for Derek. I was like on a high, and you just dropped to me from twenty. I stories. too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you don't think you don't think like Star Trek Voyager is has the? Okay, I, I, it, it doesn't have the epic scope. Okay, Star Trek like, Voyager is not Dukes of Hazard. I don't care. I, I, I've I've seen Star Trek conventions, and I've seen Dukes of Hazard fans. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just uh, the, the, that's not uh, nobody is nobody. But you can imagine if it. Was I have Duke seen people propose to John Schneider, show up with a reverend, and propose to him on the spot. I've never and like Tom Wopat, I've never seen anybody do that to Robert Picardo before. He's a good guy and all, but you know. But you you know what? What if what if Star Mike Trek Trickets was have restless leg syndrome? What if? Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just thinking. What if Star Trek was like Dukes has on screen? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand what you're trying to get me to say, though. No, I'm just. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. What I'm wondering mm-hmm. is, is, is how, you know, are they going to worry about trying to do? I mean, it's just a little bitty thing. It's nothing huge. There might be some reference, but I don't think as many people would get that. I, you don't look at Robert Picardo. And say, oh, he was—he's the doctor on Star Trek Voyager. This is somebody who never watched it, but I mean, if you've never seen Dukes of Hazard, you know that you know that car. That's you know true. that Carrie Fisher was in Star Wars. If you've never seen it before, really, that's true. That's true. Uh, here's this: in episode pro- in Progeny, there was no Wonder Woman reference. That's wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, and that really bummed me. I out. I love proving you wrong. Can I just say? I, I mean, no, there wasn't anything to be wrong or right about no, there. No, you were wrong, and I like doing it to you. No, I just said in the past they've done this. I didn't say every time they have a guest on like that. You were wrong. I wasn't wrong. Tell me. Tell me I was right. I, I, you, I mean, no, this isn't that, th- this isn't that kind of thing. You will bow to what? me. You. <laughs> and one day your heirs. Neil. Neil! All right, let's talk about what people are calling, arguably, the best episode of the season. I'm not saying I said that. Well, you said arguably. Arguably. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's do it, man. What you got? Let's jump into it. Apocalypse. Let me say, Tom Welling is a god among insects. Because (laughs) not only did he pull off probably one of the best acting jobs he's ever done on the show 
the directing of that episode was unepic. I mean, it was. <laughs> I don't want to say epic. It was just it renowned. Was, it was phenomenal. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. You've been saying phenomenal a lot, Steve. I want to call you out oh, on. Oh, have it. I? I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. ever since I met you, uh, he hmm. did just a terrific job. And it was his. That's his third outing. He's done three seasons in a row now. I was hoping we might get another crack at seeing Rosenbaum direct, which him being off the show does not mean he could not come back and direct next season. But well, that would be pretty huge, yeah, by yeah. the way. I, he just, you know, he directed Hydro and then, then Fragile and now, now Apocalypse. And it was just, and you know, everybody, and you, you fueled the fire on this. We got some, some hateful emails with you and your, <laughs> did we really? Yeah, with you and your dark side and boom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because people took you Hello, seriously. Hello, sarcasm. Did Hello. anybody really think they were going to go see dark side, you know? Go to the war. Just because there was a boom tube and the night and the title was Apocalypse. Come on. <laughs> I just It wasn't a boom tube, it was a Stargate. I just, oh yeah, it was the SG one. It was just amazing what all they did with this episode in after the fact that we weren't gonna have any more episodes this season. Well didn't they call I'm sorry, just back up real quick. In the old Super Friends Superpowers and Galactic Guardians show, didn't they call the boom tube Stargates? Instead of boom You're tubes. older than me. You'd have to. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Email us. Let us know for sure. I'm not positive on that. I'm pretty positive. It was star something. Really? Yes. Yeah, it was, instead it, of boom it tubes. Was, it was star wipe. Okay. Star wipe and cut. <laughs> Anyhow. So. Tom Welling. Outstanding. So just, you know, initial reactions. What, what, what did you like? What didn't you like? I liked the whole episode. I really did. It, it was another one of those things where... I thought they'd overstep their bounds and they were going to try to pull off something that just could not be done. And they surprised me by actually pulling something off that I would never expect them to even attempt. That being the whole Krypton sequence. Um, I didn't expect them to go to Krypton at all. You know, I knew, you know, back of the official description, (laughs) it said this would be Clark's, you know, showdown with Brainiac and everything. And so I expected like a little you know, head-to-head thing, and then all of a sudden he hits him with the key or the symbol or something, and Brainiac shuts down. But I did not expect to see the red sun, to see the planet, you know, to be there again. And uh, it was just, it was amazing. You know, even even using the old sequences from back in Season 1 of the nuclear, or no, that would have been Season 4 where they actually showed the nuclear launch and everything. Um you know, it still worked, and it worked well. It was just great. It was just a great, great episode. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Mm, Clark Kent wearing glasses. Favorite I've got scene. a friend that emailed me and said that if I don't mention that when Clark Kent came walking in with the glasses on and pushed him up, you know, on his nose, that... Do we have to well, mention that? Well, she said I needed to, that he was channeling... Oh, she... No, this, is my, she this is my friend okay. Ansley. Shout out to Ansley and Jonathan, who I watch Smallville with on a regular basis. That that makes more sense. And uh, it was a girl, <laughs> she's a married girl fool, and she. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say oh. anything about it. I could say I could say, "Hey, Beth, I know you obsessed about Tom pushing the glasses up on his face because he was wearing glasses and he's Tom." Well, blah, it was blah, just blah, she blah, said he was blah. channeling Christopher Reeve. She said he looked so much like Chris Reeve then at that point. So I got you. Okay, that's all I've got good. to say right now. That's it. Really, that's it. <laughs> um. What about that end scene? That final shot? 
What you were? Hey, you were all about the Clark and Lois. I was all about the Clark and Lois. I'm. Can I tell you that I just, as a comic book geek, that just begins to make me happy just to see this relationship really starting to come about. Yeah. I'm waiting on your response. I'm like pulling teeth to get you to talk today. No, you're not. I just I want to hear your reaction too. You want to hear my reaction? People don't like listening to me talk. I've got this whole podcast where it's just me, Geek Out Loud, GeekOutPodcast.com, and I just think people get tired of hearing me. You you want to hear what I have said about it? It was it was epic. (laughs) It was probably. It definitely it, it was. It's becoming my top ten. Of all time, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'd like to nail top... you down with that list of top ten at some point. Why? I, you just you just said you wanted to nail. <laughs> um, there's so much. <laughs> Why? You think I say it too much? Do you think I've said beyond what is my top ten? No, I would just. I mean, I just think that'd be something interesting to talk about at some point. I've done it before. I did. I could probably list them off to you right now if I wanted to. Well, I mean, let's not let's talk apocalypse right now. Let's talk your face, and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, definitely favorite parts. Love Jor-El and Clark's scene at the end. Uh, they they did some cool. Tom did some cool stuff, like uh, when Jonathan talked to Jor-El back in season three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool effects with that. Just just some old nods to early in the show. Uh, let's 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 discuss something that, that you said a minute ago. You didn't really realize, and it kind of helped you appreciate these last batch of episodes. Um, from descent, yeah, no, actually, from Veritas to Arctic, all takes place within a week to two weeks. This isn't happening over like a month long period. These are all happening in the matter of days from each other. Uh, of course, Veritas and Descent happened the same day, same night. There there was a little confusion because... Because of Jimmy's picture. When Lionel, when Lionel... Well, Jimmy's picture, when Lionel left the Daily Planet, he went to Luther Corp, and it was night, but in between that, you saw Clark go visit Lana, and it was day. So, But that was because of the strike. But now some other stuff has happened. Uh, definitely Apocalypse happened several hours after the events of Sleeper. Quest and Arctic are going to be to be continued. All this is jammed up right up against one another, which makes the urgency so much bigger, I guess you would yeah, say. Yeah, it does. It, it um, adds a sense. It's not Tom just sitting around. It's not Clark just sitting around going, Oh, I, I need to find Brainiac. I, the world should have never been made. You know, the, you know, he gets these messages in Sleeper. From Kara, from Krypton, you know he's getting this at the fortress. He's getting these in the book about Lana from Jor El, and then a few hours later he gets another one saying that Krypton will be destroyed in any minute. So it, it's all happening right there together. It's not like he keeps getting these messages and there's nothing he can do about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, Was sure. What I'm sure. saying making yeah. sense. Okay. I, I think a lot of people are confused about that and they feel like they're dragging some stuff out with the storytelling. But I think people aren't realizing how close together all this is really happening. Well, I never felt like it was dragged out. I just, I mean, I've enjoyed all these episodes. I knew that Descent and Veritas were on the same day. Um, I didn't realize Sleeper was that much close. You know, then I thought they kind of went back to this thing where, well, we're just picking up once a week here and what's going on in the week between. But um, that just does. It adds so much more to my enjoyment of what we've been seeing the past three weeks. Right. Well, you know, when it starts out, Clark is sitting in 
the loft. He's very uh, distraught. He's looking at a picture of Lana, and he's upset about everything that's going on. He can't find Brainiac. Chloe hasn't been able to find Brainiac or Kara. Just knows that they flew off into space, and that's pretty much all they knew. He sits there complaining about wishing he'd never been born. Everything will be a lot easier when Brainiac does kill baby Kal-El on Krypton. In a few minutes, he'll disappear and everybody's life will be better. As he says this, Chloe is very distraught. She she gives him the key. She's like, you have to go to Krypton right now. You have to save yourself. You have to save Kara. You have to save the world, essentially. You know, everything's going to go wrong. And, you know, the one thing that needs to be understood is there's still a Krypton. There's still a Brainiac if Clark doesn't get sent to Earth. You know, Brainiac very much still can go to Earth. So the the urgency is still there and the this huge villain it can still wreak havoc on Earth, and there's nobody to go up against him now. Yeah, well, Krypton's still uh, going to be destroyed, you know. Right, and, right. And yeah, and of course, Brainiac is still going to be able to hop on the ship or be part of the ship or whatever it is and get out of there. Yeah, a lot of people had questions about. Uh, we even got one here from Dave. Dave emailed in, so I was just wondering what your thoughts were on where the whereabouts of Jor-El and Lara are during the confrontation on Krypton. Would they have been, been would they have been busy fighting Zod or did Brainiac murder Clark's birth parents this time around? Also, wouldn't it have been a paradox if Clark made contact with himself in any other way physically? I know I'm overthinking my time travel. My wife said in response to my paradox statement that there are different forms of time travel in fiction. I don't think paradox would have been as much a thing, but I do like the idea of Brainiac possibly killing Jor-El and Laura because it really doesn't matter. They're still going to die either way, but that enables him to get to the ship. It's not like Jor-El just put Clark and Kal-El in the ship and it was like, okay, that timer will go off in 10 minutes. Got to get out of here. Right, you know, I mean, right. I mean, he, you, in any incarnation, you see Jor-El and Laura watch the ship leave, and they were noticeably not there, and Brainiac and Kara were. So it's interesting to think what could have happened. But well, I, Clark, I just took it as Brainiac had killed Jor-El and Laura because he would have yeah, had to yeah. to get to Kal-El. Yeah. And, um, and and I do think that adds to the whole... And then, too, you've got to realize that that doesn't mess up the fortress being there because all that work had been done and, you know, and put into Earth well before the destruction exactly. of Con- uh, Krypton and well before the launch of Clark's ship. And we, didn't, we do know that Kara still went to Earth. She still landed in Reeves Dam. Lionel actually found her, and they adopted her. And she actually was the one meant for the fortress and everything then. Which would have been cool to get to have seen Kara's fortress. We did not get to see that. Well, you still would have had Veritas. You still would have had all that go on. And they still would have been looking for a traveler. Exactly. And so they would have it found would Kara. Have been, it just would have been Kara instead of Clark. Uh, but Jor-El sends Clark into a world. He's only gone for... That was another big thing. People were like, yeah, they're spending all this time. Krypton's about to blow up. And here Jor-El is sending him on this day-long journey. Uh... You know, to see what life would... This, it's a wonderful life episode to see what everything would be like <laughs> if he wasn't around. And Clark's only gone for a matter of seconds. Right, it's it's you similar know, he, to... When he jumps back, he's he's only been gone a Similar second. to Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. He, he, it's, it's instantaneous. Clark gets to see the Kent farm in its kind of original incarnation. Martha and Jonathan have a son named... A biological son named Clark Kent. Or he may be biological. Mm, I didn't know. Um, I would assume he was adopted. Probably because that wouldn't really change Martha's inability right. to have a have a child. Really, wouldn't change. Uh, his name is Clark Kent. He played for the Smallville Crows football team. He's got a Letterman jacket on. Martha and Jonathan are on a cruise for Jonathan's birthday. 
if anybody was wondering where the problem with that was. Um, Clark goes into town. He All he really wants to do is make sure Lana's okay, and he will be fine with, with this life, this new life that he's been shown. He just wants to make sure that she is safe and, and that Brainiac did not affect her in any way. He runs into uh, Chloe in town. Chloe is engaged to a character who they did not say his name on the show, but his in the script his name is George Dean, an obvious reference to Superman, George Reeves, and Dean Cain. Uh, he asks Chloe about Lana, and uh, you know she says, you know, the cheerleader. We didn't exactly run in the same circles, which also shows you that Clark pulled all these people together that would have never really had anything in common. Yep. You know, Clark was the driving force between Pete and. Chloe and Lana and Lex and all these people back in the day. So Clark heads to the Daily Planet to find Ace reporter Lois Lane, who takes a liking to Clark, and Jimmy Olsen in a bow tie, which was given to him by an ex-girlfriend who broke up with him, but he kept the sense of fashion, I think he said, was his exact terminology, which is an obvious uh, nod to Chloe, because we know that Chloe said that uh, she had a boyfriend named Jimmy that was cute in the bow tie kind of way. Back in the day, are you there? I'm listening to like you. I'm, li- I'm just loving me. your recap right now. Well, dude, you just jump in anytime. You you just feel the wind strike you, man. Come on. Okay. You're not going to. I mean, I don't. Anyway, Clark, I'm just, you're doing such a good job. As it goes on, Clark finds you're out so that talented. Lana Lana is married in in France. She's got two kids, but stuff starts as he thinks everybody is good. Yeah, so Clark's good. Off. Clark's like, thanks, Jarrell, for showing me all this. You dunny. No, I definitely don't want to be born. You good? Yeah, well, you told me to jump okay. in. We'll keep going. Oh, and uh, didn't Jimmy mention to him uh, Meteor Freaks? Or was it Lois mm-hmm. that mentioned Meteor Freaks? Jimmy does, yeah. And and that's when Clark's alerted there's still a meteor shower, and um, there's still Meteor Freaks around. So, you know, you still have the potential of a Greg Arkin from, you know, Metamorphosis. You still have the potential of a Tina Greer you know, and fortunately, of course, these people didn't harm Lana as they would have, but they're still out there. And not only that, you know, Clark begins to discover some other things. Go, Derek. That was it? Yes. Okay. Because you're so much more talented than I am. All right, great. Well, enter in Linda Danvers, who we obviously know is Kara Zorel. She is actually uh, works for the President of the United States, who is... The big reveal, Lex Luthor in his white suit and black glove. Clark is really upset by this. He can't believe that he would come to power. He's also very surprised to see Kara uh, in the Daily Planet. And they have arrested Lois for her harboring information. Kara working for the Department of Domestic Security. Yeah. And I think it's it's important to note for our non-comic geeks out there, Linda Danvers is um, another alias of Supergirl from the comic books. Yes, of which there are several. Yes. Linda Lee, Linda Danvers, there's there's a lot. So that's another little nod uh, to the universe. Uh, Clark, while trying to find out what has happened after throwing Jimmy into a wall, which was kind of cool, uh, runs into Sheriff Nancy Adams, who is no longer a sheriff and actually is in Metropolis. They're at the Ace of Clubs again. I like the And what they've done is they've just taken Oliver Queen's apartment and changed the setup of it and that's all the ace of clubs is is that set uh but different i feel like i'm ruining things for people when i say stuff like no that's that. fine that's interesting to me because i didn't realize that yeah, i kind of it yeah. felt familiar but i couldn't put my finger on what it was yeah definitely 
Clark goes to save Lois. Uh, she, she, she sees him use his abilities, which is kind of neat. Yes, and um, th- that just makes her much, that much more attracted to him. Yeah, very much so. Uh, she starts telling him all about what Lex is up to, uh, who works for Lex, all this stuff, and we find out that Milton Fine is his chief of staff. So Brainiac is on Earth, in fact. And uh, Kara even has speculated how evil Milton Fine is, but does not realize that he is, in fact, Brainiac. Uh, Clark shows up, and they have an encounter where he tells her that that's who that is. But Kara says she was sent to Earth to kill Kal-El and begins to fight him. But So they kind of have a spout for a minute, and then you know he makes her come to her, sen- her senses. Not after uh, Lois puts Clark in a suit and glasses and sends him on his way to the White House press conference that's about to happen where Lex is going to sit off these missiles um, in kind of a silly scenario can I say yeah well I think that I think in this situation Lex was duped um, to an extent yeah by Milton Fine but it was just it all sounded kind of well I'm gonna launch these because somebody else is launching first but you don't really understand what's going on yeah, it's you know Milton Fine didn't offer up the information. Yeah, I think that um, I think that you had a, a duped Lex Luthor, and I think that uh, at the same time, I thought it was interesting that as Clark began to have his confrontation with with Fine uh, after Lex, of course, shoots them with the kryptonite gun and everything, which was very cool. Um, yeah, that that the one thing Clark didn't think about was Zod. You know, exactly. Zod hadn't that, been released that's the from the driving force of. That's the driving force of Brainiac. And so that was what, you know, his whole idea was, well, I'm going to go ahead and have this world reshaped for Zod, and I'm going to take care up to the fortress, and, and I'm going to let Lex be the vessel still. And, um, and Lex and, and Kara are going to get it on and repopulate Krypton. So to speak, yeah. Earth. Which is really cool to think about, because if you think back to what Zod was doing in episode 601, reshaping the Earth's crust, much like Krypton, Brainiac was doing very much the same thing with these missiles. Yep, and and two, um, wiping out humanity, of course, to to be done with it there. And and Lex was okay, and you know it was interesting that Lex was okay with that uh, from a power hungry standpoint. You know, Lex said, "Well, if everyone's wiped out, we've got all the top people, smartest people, you know, with me at the head, you know, to take care of things once everything's yeah. okay." And so, Lex had his own private little agenda too which very devious i thought i think the black glove is interesting anytime you see the future lex that black glove on um is that supposed to be his fake hand yeah yeah i think that's the nod they don't really ever touch on it but that's just the nod to the comic book fans so you know that's cool to me yeah i really everything really came full circle with brainiac and everything so i really liked what they did and then even as brainiac was about to kill clark um Jor-El's voice took over and, and Clark realizes he's not actually in this. He's just sort of in a vision. Which, now let and, me ask you this. Is that a, that scene right there, and this is one thing that really kind of popped out to me, where Brainiac is talking and all of a sudden it's Jor-El's voice coming through, is that a, is that is that something that would have been in the script or is that a director's choice? Because either way, that was a cool little moment, you know, to kind of bring things back out and bring things around. I'm not really positive on that. Um, I would I would like to think that that was something that uh, Terry Meyer and, and them did in the script. But if that was Tom's choice to do uh, in post, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, either way, you know, something that they might have kicked around on set while they had Terrence Stamp in the studio or whatever. I just think it was something that was very cool. Uh, 
Clark is immediately sent back. Chloe's there. She's, you know, she's like, what happened? You, you know, you were gone like a few seconds and all of a sudden you're back. She, she said, you know, I thought you were gone forever. He immediately realizes he can't let the world turn out like this. He has to be the savior. He immediately goes to the fortress and is sent back in time to Krypton. As Chloe said last week, uh, Krypton circa 1989. <laughs> and just in time to see Brainiac begins to stab baby Kal-El. Kara intervenes. They do get out for a minute before Kal-El shows up. Um, some great, uh, great James Marsters in that scene. He does an amazing job in anything he's in, but he did some really cool stuff in that scene on Krypton. Um, but I love it anytime when there's something, there's like a bomb in the room, but there's a villain and, and somebody else has already been thrown against the wall and they're like, Hey, get the bomb. And then the villain comes up just right at that minute. Like, if I had been watching, you know, the villain instead of what you just told me, I wouldn't be choked right now. Right. So Kara's, you know, Kara's all Clark the baby, and the, she doesn't even have baby out of her mouth yet. And here comes Brainiac choking Clark, and he's like, "Damn it! If you kept your mouth shut, I could have, you know, moved." <laughs> That's or right. The baby be okay. <laughs> yeah, baby's fine. Let me let me handle myself right now. So you know, she and Brainiac begin to duke it all a bit more. She stabs Brainiac with the dagger that he was going to kill Kal El with. Poetic justice. And Clark sends baby Kal-El off to Earth to grow up and be himself. Yep. Yes, that is true. That is exactly okay. what happened. Okay. So, and then, but Kara says she she's taking care of Brainiac, and Clark's like, hell no, I've killed him like three times. He just, the bastard yeah, keeps coming right. back. that's right. You you'd know? be surprised what Brainiac's able to do. I threw him on the Fortress console, you know. I killed him with the, the Kryptonian dagger. The, the boy just comes back always. But even more urgency than the fact that Brainiac is possibly still alive, and of course he is, is the fact that Lana, he, he's more concerned about Lana's hold, you know, his hold over Lana and, and her being released and being safe again because she's suffering. She's trapped in her own mind, and she's in pain, great deal of pain. So as Krypton begins to destroy around them, they, you know, head back to the... Um, and I just say that first reveal of Krypton from behind the sun was amazing. Yeah. Uh, just what Tom had originally intended for this episode is so cool. And then actually getting to see Krypton destroyed on Smallville and see the ship. It was so cool to see the ship again, too. Yeah, it really... We yes. seen the ship in yep. years. So that was awesome, too. Just there's so much uh, fanboy stuff that anybody could get excited with over this episode. Uh, between Brainiac, President, I got to go back Luther. and watch that again, just because that whole <laughs> Krypton destroyed scene was such a shock. Well, when we get back, Karen and Clark have a scene, and Kara's kind of weird, but she's you know like you know I'll always be here for you. But Clark's kind of weary of what she's saying, and then we have a really cool scene in the law. Weary or wary? Weary. 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 Shut up. And we have a Clark and Lex scene in the barn. Where Lex says, you know, this place hasn't changed a whole lot since the last time I was here. And I asked you the other day, I said, I guess that would be Crimson, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it was. And so and if we and if we're wrong, 13. we're totally going to get flamed for it. But yeah, when, in Crimson, when he stabbed him with the chisel, I, I really can't think of Lex being in in the barn since then. Did did he give him the really wedding can't. invitation before or after? That was Crimson. Before. Okay, then yeah. No, that was it. No, that was the uh, that was after that had already happened. So, but that was still crimson. Still the same episode. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is that is the last time we saw Lex in the barn. Then, yeah. a year so, ago. That that's all really cool, and uh, you know he throws the football at him, and they talk about Lana's condition, 
And, you know, is there any way to save her? If there's anything you know, Clark, you were the last person to see her well, you need to tell me. We need to try and save her. And, and Clark, you know, says nothing. He doesn't want Lex having any more information than he already has. He's already got the two keys. Clark should have just strangled him right there as it was and gotten the keys out of him. But, oh well. Clark has the Daily Planet. He and Lois share a great scene. Um, really cool. Really looking forward Looking towards season eight, I think, is the best way to describe that scene. I think that really definitely is going to something that moves the story forward, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, and you know, and I think that uh, that they've said we're going to see a little more Lois and Clark in the eighth season, and yeah. start to really progress that storyline. And so, in the in the neat thing was, is Clark lived through that point where you know the, his wonderful life moment in the in the episode. And then to hear Chloe, um, Chloe, to hear Lois offer him the same thing that she offered, you know, when she was smitten with him, you know, in his in in that first part, it just kind of lets Clark know something's up. But at the same yeah. time, it's just I just that was probably some of my favorite stuff of the episode there. Yeah, I think that was all really cool how they handled that and everything. So, uh, and then the last scene is one of Kara and Expicable. Uh, pl- inexplicable i can't talk today. it's incalculable incalculable she's just you know writhing on the floor she's dropped this milk and she's just she's hurting very badly and we uh we kind of know y- anybody can pretty much have an inkling of what that is referring to uh and that's something that'll come out not not this week but definitely uh in the 20th episode the finale so apocalypse five out of five though i gotta say uh Really, really good. Really, probably one of the top five episodes of this season. I'd have to say, it, up there with the Descent and uh, Bizarro and everything. Oh yeah, I, I think that it was just, you know, going into this episode and, and knowing what it was going to be about, and knowing what it was going to be, and everything. I didn't really hold out a lot, a lot of hope for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it'd be good. I thought it'd be interesting. Never thought it would be as huge an episode as it was, I never thought it'd have the epic scale that it did. Yeah. You know, especially with, and this isn't a slight to Tom Welling, but especially with him being the one to direct it, you know, I mean, that, you know, you you just usually don't give an actor on a show that type of show to, you know, that type of episode to, to direct. Right. And, um, and... Well, I think they're very, they were very sure he could, he could pull Double Duty, and he did. Uh, amazingly. Well, you know, and that's and I think that speaks volumes to how far Tom Welling has come in seven years. Uh, you know, his acting, of course, has come incredibly far. But now th- this this other thing, this directing, you know, this sitting in the director's chair for him is really working out well. And, and I think Tom's got a great future beyond next year. You know, even oh, doing yeah. other things. Even if he sh- even if he should choose to just try to go that director's route, I think Tom Welling's got the mind and the eye, and the ability to do it well. Exactly. And let's say, and I, this is something I said to you earlier, and I think a lot of people put a negative connotation on this world, on this word. Filler is not a bad word. This was kind of a filler episode. Definitely after the strike, something that progressed from Veritas to Arctic is kind of filler in, in that it takes you out of the urgency of what's happening. And it, it it gives you that alternate universe look. So it was kind of a filler episode, but filler does not always mean something bad. Filler does not always mean noir. 
Filler does not always... I'm going to get a bumper sticker that says that. Filler does not always mean war. <laughs> well, yeah. It was... It, it very much progressed the story forward while at the same time giving you a minute just to stop. There's so much going on. There's so much with Kara and, and Brainiac and Lana and Lex having these keys and, you know, Chloe being hunted by, you know, the government, just all this stuff. It definitely just gave you a minute to go, okay, well, let's let's take a look at what... The, let's look at the flip side of the coin and what would be happening if all this wasn't going on. Well, you had to wrap up the Kara Brainiac story before Arctic, and and obviously before Quest. I mean, obviously Quest is well, going it, to lead right no, into. No, it's Arctic. fine. Arctic can be two hours. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying their mentality was you have to do this. So I don't. Exactly. I mean, I don't know that it was as filler as some episodes have been, but it definitely does. It definitely did nothing. If you go back no, and watch no, it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't magnetic. Right. You know, it wasn't like that. But but the episode did nothing to progress the overall story arc that we've been involved in with the Traveler. And the Veritas storyline and that exactly. kind of thing. So, exactly. so I mean, it, it definitely we'll falls jump under back that. into that this week. We, oh. You know, you, this was the week off from, that, or actually two kind of two weeks off from that. So you jump back into that with Quest. I I just I love the episode though, and I think, and I hope it is one of the two or three on the season seven DVD that have a commentary with it because I would love to hear Tom on it and you know, Tom doesn't do many commentaries but I think I think it would be amazing if he would he would do that one. Some of the best commentaries on those DVDs are when he and Rosenbaum are doing them together. Uh, Rosetta? Rosetta yeah when they did Rosetta they were yeah. that was hilarious. That was a great one. Well check us out www.smallvillepodcast.com is our home on the internet. I want to thank all of you who emailed in to let us know that you caught the Alan Richardson interview. And all of you that email in every week to tell us you listen to us and how much you enjoy us. You do an outstanding interview, by the way. You do an outstanding show at geekoutonline.com, by thank the way. Thank you, thank you. I just want you to know you do an outstanding interview. Well, thank you. It's it's good because anybody I've ever had to, they're just the most laid-back, easygoing people on earth. And that, that that's something about all these small little people is they're just down-home, you know, salt-of-the-earth people. So it, it's good to be able to talk uh, shop with these folks so and i've enjoyed it every time i've gotten the chance to uh and just thanks for always emailing us letting us know you appreciate what steve and i do that makes the job worthwhile from week to week so and check out forums forums.housefellpodcast.com that's where we get our attitude from in that right steve that's, <laughs> that's where all the inside jokes and yeah mm-hmm. and we get a little that's where we, yeah that's where we get our attitude from our attitude and email from? us mail at houseofelpodcast.com and you can follow our twitter where you can keep up with all the latest house of l and twitter news at twitter.com forward slash shoe podcast can i can i say something real quick about twitter i got a you comment four on, seconds okay you i got four a, seconds okay i got a comment on my myspace from someone who listens to the show Time's up. About Twitter. And it was a video explaining Twitter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make me like Twitter anymore. Great. I mean, there you go. Still not still not on the Twitter thing. We will be back with episode 86 of House of L later this week. In the meantime, after the music, we will have spoilers for episode 719, Quest, and we'll see you on the other side of the music. Bye, guys. You should have been gone Knowing how I Made you feel And I should have been gone After all your Words of steel Oh, I must have been a dreamer Dreamer, And I must have been someone else And we should have been
worth knowing you serve a greater purpose. To be a god. I've waited a lifetime for this moment to serve the traveler. Smallville. All new episode next Thursday at 8, 7 central. Alright, what you just heard is the audio from the trailer for Quest, which airs on May 8th on The CW. This is the 19th episode of the season, the next to last. Sometimes my favorite episodes are the next to last episodes of the season. Oracle, I love Oracle. That's a big one for me. Uh, this episode is written by Holly Harold and directed by Ken Biller, as we said earlier. Ken hasn't been around since season 3, so I'm anxious to see what happens. We've got the official description for Quest right here. I'm going to read it. Clark meets the last member of Veritas. Lex is attacked by a cloaked stranger who carves Kryptonian symbols into his chest, a message for Clark. Chloe and Clark investigate and discover one of the members of Veritas' clan has survived and is hiding in a church. Clark and Lex race to be the first to find this mysterious Veritas member who holds the key to Clark's survival. Now, this uh, character is going to be, I don't think we're, this is spoilers, it is Edward Teague. Robert Ricardo will be playing the part of Edward Teague. I don't know how he got Jane Seymour, but way to go, Picardo. <laughs> you know, that's that's good work. Uh, you don't really hear a whole lot about Edward Teague early on. In season four, there's some references to him when Jason's around and, and, and Genevieve is talking about her husband, but we've never seen him before. And then definitely when Jason and Genevieve both die, nothing is said about him. So it's kind of been left in limbo what happened to him, and it's just assumed Lionel killed him. But we find out he is still alive. He's been hiding in this church and the definitely whatever controls Clark Kent, whatever controls the Traveler, this last member of Veritas will know what that is because Kal-El obviously does not know. And when Lex makes his trek to the Arctic, he, you know, he kind of, Lex is sort of told he is to defeat the Traveler. So it becomes this quest to get this last member of Veritas and to get to the North Pole very soon to get to the Fortress of Solitude, to get to this epic showdown on May 15th between comic book superhero rivals Clark Kent and Lex Luthor and Brainiac will even be added into the mix. Uh, this episode on Thursday is going to explore Veritas mythology a whole lot more than what we talked about in episode 14 and 15, Traveler and Veritas. Uh, we're also going to see the caves again. Very excited about that. Jimmy's going to start taking a little interest into the Kawachi Caves. Which means Jimmy will think the Egyptians were there. Yes, because, you know, he's a bright kid. Now, only four of our regular series, uh, series cast members will be in this episode, and that will be Clark, Lex, Chloe, and Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, then Lois, Lana, uh, these other people will not be appearing. Obviously, John Glover, dead. So, you know, Lionel won't be there. Uh, so it'll be very much... Um, you won't have a whole lot of B storylines going on in this episode. It's going to be very much... The main plot of the episode is the plot of the episode. There's not all these other driving forces behind it. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be really epic. Should be, should be epic, sir. I'm, I think it's going to be a great episode. I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great, you know, prior to the season finale episode. So, yep. Um, we said we'd talk about the two cast members or the two characters coming Let's in. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, yes, they have announced that they will be bringing Doomsday in in Season 8. Now, a lot of people think that this is automatically the Doomsday we all know from the DC Comics lore and the great killing machine that destroys Superman and Metropolis. This is not going to be the bony-knuckled Doomsday. This is going to be Smallville's take on Doomsday. This is going to be the way they introduce Mitzpitalik into the show. Um, you've got to look at it from, from that uh, viewpoint. Probably somebody with the nickname Doomsday or something like that. 
what, what what were your thoughts when you, you when I told you about this the other uh, day? You know, that's one of those things that I'm real iffy about, and the fact that they're going to do it more Smallville style, and that like, as you said, it'd be someone with maybe the nickname Doomsday, some motorcycle riding thug. I, you know, I don't know. I think that that waters down what Doomsday was, what the original character is, and so they got a lot to prove to me. And two, if if he if he yeah, plays that role of being someone who would kill Clark Kent, that's been done. You know, Clark Kent's died. You know, on the show, and and I think yeah. that uh, I don't think that's a something that needs to be revisited. But we shall see. But Clark Kent's Clark Kent's died powerless. Kal El has not died. That's true. So it's definitely something that they can have fun with in the show. I, you know, I, I I think it could be interesting to see how they bring in this character, and I'm not even as excited about that as I am who else they're bringing in. And, and you you probably want to touch on that a little bit more than I do. There. Well, they mentioned a there's mention of a female character, right? Female villain that yes. adds a little bit more complication to Clark's life than what even Lex or, or Brainiac could, and um, and they really hadn't given the details too much other than that. On the person, and I'm it's kind definitely of somebody. It's definitely somebody who has feelings for Clark, and but who is also creates problems for him. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's that mermaid chick. <laughs> You're thinking it's Lori. <laughs> no, uh, well, I think we both agree it's probably Maxima. Maxima, yeah, is the way they're going with this character, which I think a small little representation of Maxima could be very cool. I think I think that could work. I think that could be interesting to see. I don't know if that would be something to be interesting to see over the course of more than like three episodes, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that kind of a coming and going character over a twelve or thirteen episode commitment could be pretty interesting. The key to that is going to be into casting because Maxima would be a difficult difficult character to. Um, the cast for well i think too what could add an interesting situation there would be lois's uh feelings towards clark how open they are what's going on there you know exactly. the jealousy factor and that kind of thing could add some stuff to it but again it's one of those things where i've had my doubts about stuff they're going to bring in before and they've proved me wrong so you know maybe they'll do it this time i'm not worried about it i, I would i would be more concerned with doomsday than i am the maxima idea if that is the, indeed they're doing but I'm not even concerned with Doomsday because I just know it's not going to be this huge boned creature in green shorts <laughs> running around. So I'm okay with it. And I, I think it's definitely going to add a whole new dynamic to season eight. And I think that it'll be the most different season they've ever had, which means they can do a whole lot more stuff they've never done before. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I hope that it doesn't feel like a different show altogether, though. I don't think it's going to, but I think it will be different in the way season one has been more different than seasons two through seven. Season eight will feel different as well. You know? Yes. Okay. I know, what, I know exactly what you're saying. Well, that's all for this week in the epi- the 85th episode of that. I don't know if that's a, is that a, is that like an aluminum foil anniversary? Mm, or no, I think Saran because around. we had 75, you know, 10 episodes ago, so. Was that gold? We missed that. We didn't even mention it. Did we not? I thought we did. Did we? What was episode 75? What was episode 75? I don't know. What was episode 75? I don't know. Let me look and see if I can see You're going to look it up real quick? I'm proud of you for I looking it up real it. quick. I can't see it. I'm well, sorry. Well, great. We don't know. Let Ten us episodes know. episodes ago would have been the 
around the eighth episode, so around blue or something like that. But we've missed a few since. I wasn't here for blue. That was one that that was one I wasn't on. Well, you came in at Laura, right? So blame it on me. Great. Blame it on the rain. We'll see you guys next week or later this week. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll try to get it out more timely. See ya. Appreciate everybody bearing with us. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya.